Welcome to episode 403 of the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast, and I'm your host, Denise Oyston. And today we have one of our expert interviews and delighted to be interviewing Kerry Hope, who is the current MD of Castle Employment. Now, we work with many incredibly experienced recruitment business owners who have companies that have been established for years, 15, 20. And in fact, we've just started working with a company over in Carolina that have been around for 50 two years and they're going from strength to strength and they're focusing on the marketing. So we feel very blessed to work with such a range of people. Now, let's talk about Kerry. What's particularly unique about this company, that's Castle Employment, is that it's had three owners over time, going for, for many, many years, and they've all been female. So Kerry is going to share her background, what attracted her to join Castle, her experiences of leading the company, and actually <laughs> taking over as MD around the time that we just hit COVID. <laughs> so there was her first challenge straight out of the block. And Castle have a huge growth plan currently. They are present across various areas of Yorkshire. They want world domination of Yorkshire happening soon. And Kerry has some huge growth plans. So uh, we were delighted to be able to, to talk to Kerry. She shares about her own background, why she joined Castle, and, and some of the things that she wants to achieve whilst she's there. Sharon interviewed Kerry a couple of weeks ago, so you can actually, obviously you can listen to this podcast. And if you're on the Superfast blog, you can see a video, which is also on YouTube of Kerry and Sharon having a conversation. It's an incredibly inspirational story. So please make some time to go and listen to it. If you've been having one of those years where you think mm, things haven't quite gone as planned, then please go and listen to Kerry. She's totally motivational and she gives some, some context of, of how you can sort of work with where you are and move forward. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. An obsessive focus on marketing and sales is the only way to accelerate your company growth. So listen in now as we share the latest strategies and techniques guaranteed to deliver you more placements and profits. So Kerry, welcome to the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. And thank you for being our guest this week. It's great to see you. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to see you, Sharon. I think I last saw you in sunny Scarborough just at the beginning of the summer. So it's really it, lovely to see you again. It was. It was indeed. And Joe, I just want to say, really appreciate you taking some time to share your story and I guess some of the lessons from the journey that you've had, because we've had some great interviews recently, lots of great insights. And I know that you've got so much that you can share from your experience with Castle, which has been around for such a long time. So before we dive into the detail of that, maybe I could just invite you to share with the audience a bit about your background and you know, what was the story that led you to joining Castle? Sure. So I was born and bred in Scarborough and decided that I needed to leave and um, went off to Bradford University, lived away 
for several years and then fell into recruitment. I worked for a corporate for many years in Leeds, recruiting solicitors actually on an interim basis. And their training and development was, I would say at the time, by far the best in the market. I learned so much in those nine years with that company. And then I was headhunted to join a smaller independent company in Yorkshire. And again, their process and their way to win business and their sales technique uh, opened my eyes working for a smaller independent, having been in a corporate. And they asked me to open Mm -hmm. a new office, which again, gave me some different types of skills. I moved with my then CEO to a business that meant that I was leaving on a Monday, coming back on a Thursday. I'd achieved my dream, really. I was managing three businesses. I think it was across six sites. And it still hadn't ticked all the boxes. So Mm -hmm. I did that. The thing that was missing, having achieved this lifelong dream, was the fact that it wasn't in Scarborough. So relocated back to Scarborough, which is, as I mentioned, where I was originally. My family was still there. And at this point, it didn't matter about work. It was work-life balance was super important. I have two children. They were really young at the time, three and eight. Um, And as I say, I was leaving on a Monday, coming back on a Thursday. So I moved back to Scarborough and I contacted Castle for any role at all. And Suzanne, who was the owner at the time, said, well, I think you might just have knocked at the right time because I'm looking for somebody to possibly lead the business. And that was 2014. And I have absolutely never looked back. Wow, fantastic. And I can certainly relate to that going away from home on a Monday, coming back on a Thursday. It's it, it's almost in a way what you aspire to at a certain point in life, isn't it? And, and then when you get there, it's actually you realise that there's a lot of fulfilment in it and it comes at a cost. It does yeah, come at absolutely. a cost, doesn't it? So it was good timing, but what I guess what was it that was that big motivation to... I guess, take over a business that was, that got the history that, that it had. And it's got an interesting history, isn't it? Hadn't it? That you were about to then become, I guess, the fourth female owner. Well, I think, and I've really evaluated this over the years because I'm, I'm definitely one to look back and evaluate on most things. In fact, most days mm. day to day, I tend to do that. But so I joined and there was about eight, eight or nine of us. And the business had a fantastic reputation around Scarborough mm. and surrounding areas, really. Had some really big accounts. And Suzanne was phenomenal at really looking after her staff. So the majority of the guys have been there a really long time and they were like a really tight family. And that was quite new for me. So I, all I did was apply all I'd ever learned to mm. the people. And I was really fortunate that they took on board what I was teaching. I had to lead from the front initially and I took a desk and recruited on engineering, actually, which is where my heart lies. I'd never done mm-hmm. it before. I had this big passion for it. I love factories, I love manufacturing. Um, and, and fortunately for me, the team that a couple of people came with me from where I'd worked mm-hmm. before. But right. the people that were there bought into me, bought into the, the plan and made everything much more transparent. And then we grew at an almighty pace. And I think because... I was just applying the theory and the knowledge that I'd always done in every business that I'd worked for. I had the backing of Suzanne who had the cash in the business to allow me to make the investment ultimately. And we'd grown the business to 
it was about 40 of us at the point that Suzanne and I started to talk about her exit strategy. I mean, mm. the key thing for, for me and her was we had really open conversations really early. And so yeah. I knew what her goals were. She knew what my goals were. Yeah. I think as I started to build the business and to make it even more successful, I was really aware that the more successful I made it, the more uh, this was going to cost me to buy it eventually. Yeah. We always yeah, knew yeah. That, that would be the plan at the point yes. that I demonstrated to her that I was somebody that she would really want to give the opportunity to buy it so for me it was the people that were in the business when I arrived the people that we hired thereafter that really got on board with the plan the strategy Mm -hmm. and growth plan and the backing from Suzanne Um, and the opportunity I will be forever grateful for the opportunity she gave me and to be honest we worked with a lot of different accountants and that wasn't easy to find the one that allowed me the opportunity to be able to find the funding to be able to do it. Um, yeah. and, and again, I'm really grateful for them because I think without that creative approach, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I wouldn't have been able to take the business no. from Suzanne in uh, 2021, mid-COVID, yeah. which is when I did it. Well, that was an interesting time to to do it, goodness <laughs> sake. Gosh. Yeah. Well, look, I will come on to sort of like that COVID experience, but I, I guess before we get there, you'd already what, from 2014 through to, what, late 2019, early 2020, you'd already gone through a massive sort of like growth curve there. And even though you were implementing, I guess, everything that you'd known and had implemented before it in past businesses, I imagine there were still challenges and hurdles to overcome. And I'm just curious what some of those were. Sure, absolutely. We'd gone from eight people to just before COVID around 40 people. That's rapid growth. Yeah, it was massive. anywhere between 25 and 30% growth year on yeah, year. Yeah, on revenue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we went from 2 million turnover. Well, in fact, it was less than that when I joined. Just under 2 million to around 7 million turnover in a six-year period. It was exponential, actually. Really exciting. And every time we set a business plan for two or three years, we achieved it. We smashed it. It was a bit like, are these goals challenging enough? But for me and in recruitment, as other recruitment leaders will absolutely share, it was about... So the growth of the business from 2014 to 2020, it was a really superbly exciting time. Um, yeah. As I mentioned, we'd were setting goals, we were smashing the goals, exceeding the expectations of all of us. And I had a really fantastic team. Without them, we wouldn't have been able to do it. But biggest challenge is the processes, operating procedures, that you think you've made it really clear. And then there's one person that you say that to, and then that team becomes three. And then some of these habits get forgotten about. And as a team of leaders, you then forget that was a really good habit. So the habit gets forgotten about. And afterwards, when you're when something doesn't happen, you're like, but we always did that. When did we stop? So I'd yeah, say that yeah. process and operating it w- was definitely a key thing. I mean, one thing I feel like I've always had my finger on the pulse with is the family feel and the uplifting team, fun, positive environment. Because mm. I've always said, irrespective of our growth plans, we've got a really ambitious five year growth plan. We're in second year of that. If at any point anybody felt that they weren't known or recognized or praised or Mm. they became a number then the growth would stop at the plan would stop at that point so I think we managed to do that I think there was some people fit that when it became more corporate because it had to be in terms of uh, regulation and compliance and quality 
Mm. Um, some people struggled with that initially, but just those that didn't like change, they eventually came around. And yeah. you know, our average attrition um, is eight years. People have been with Castle on average eight Amazing. years, and in recruitment, that's unheard of. It is. It, it is to have, I think when you and I met and you were sharing that, that with me, I think to have the number of people in a business, you might always often get half a dozen but in a business your size, the sheer number of people that have been there for so long is just is testament really to that culture mm-hmm. that, that Suzanne yeah. started and you've built and built on. I'm just curious, in terms of systems and processes, when you are scaling and growing, and of course that's just continuing in, in your five-year plan, are there tension points when actually you, you need to just revisit some of those systems in terms of will they scale us to the next level? Yeah, absolutely. For example, we've had to, as you've been helping us, work on mm. our marketing strategy because what we were doing historically wouldn't have got to the next level. And one thing that we yeah. identified is getting talent in Scarborough when you're by the coast is quite challenging. So to mm. have gotten to the headcount that we needed to get to by 2027, we realised that we needed to hub another big centre. And Jess and I, Jess, who's the director of the Leeds office, we both work together in Leeds, recruiting together in Leeds. Um, Mm. So we both know that market well, we know the competition well. And so we decided strategically that the the hub would mirror Scarborough um, and we would put a hub in Leeds. And actually, we have been really successful with recruiting some phenomenal talent, both with recruitment experience and without, because there's more opportunity to take from more companies around because yeah. you know, we, they haven't got the seaside on one side like what we have. So yeah, no, that, mm. that we had to decide to move to Leeds to get the growth. We wouldn't have got the growth purely out of Scarborough. Yeah. And and I guess you had that accelerated growth up to sort of 2020. And then of course we had that huge kind of like hiccup, didn't we? That was COVID. And yeah. I, it, it seems so long ago now. And yet when we were all yeah. going through it, it was pretty uncomfortable and challenging times. I'm just curious about what for you perhaps were some of those those big lessons that you took away from it? Because we're beyond the challenges of it, aren't we? But what were some of the lessons yeah. that you learned that, that maybe you brought forward with you? Yeah, I think we acted really quickly. Yeah. I am quite impulsive and I had to go with my gut instinct and, and make decisions really quickly. For example, we'd just taken on a new lease and it had a get out clause after six months in it upstairs to massively expand Scarborough because we still had uh, further growth plans at that point. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, we retracted out of that lease and moved back down. Yeah. No one knew how long any of this was going to be lasting for. Yeah. Uh, we just built um, a really successful, phenomenally successful York team. We had 10 in that office. And then when we reflected the majority of that could be done from Scarborough. So we moved those people back right. to Scarborough because they were travelling. The majority of those were travelling. Oh, right. So we, we right. made right. decisions really quickly. Quick. And I think yeah. that really helped. The furlough was a really tough time, but that's ultimately what saved us without that furlough because mm. we lost 8% of our market overnight. But we, wow. again, on the furlough, it was a difficult decision to make. But for me... I had to keep a team that were on site at Food Factory in the industrial team. They worked all the way through for, all the way through COVID. They did a phenomenal job at supporting a food factory. Everybody needed food, obviously, in those times. And, of course, um, yeah. And so they stayed. And then, and uh, I think there was twenty five fee earners 
outside of that team and I furloughed everybody other than four of us. And it was me coordinating what was still happening with those people around me that could just respond and multi go across different divisions at the time because there were still Mm. some clients recruiting. And I did also look at people's personal circumstances because kids were at home. These, of course, yeah, as a large proportion of castle. 86% of Castle are female. Of those 86, 75% of them work part-time because they are parents. So for me, it was giving them that opportunity to be at home with the kids, doing the homeschooling, whilst those that were remaining, I did have that, but it was my business. I didn't have a choice. So I'd say that's how I made the decision. And then the things that I felt went really well, hopefully people that worked for Castle would say the same, is, communication we were crystal clear Mm -hmm. weekly same week same time same day with an update what was happening what we'd been doing in recruitment what jobs were coming in so that they felt informed my big belief is any amount of uncertainty makes people really unhappy and and they absolutely needed to be informed whether it was bad news they needed the communication to know exactly what was going to be happening and as soon as I could tell them I told them so I would say we also pivoted and I used the support of a coaching company, Centred Excellence, the, the phenomenal. Um, and Nikki yeah, yeah. and Katie were there every day to give daily updates to me, to support me, to tell my team with what mm-hmm. was happening on the services that we're offering. And in the end, when the recruitment did dry up entirely, we were offering free services to our current clients, offering them anything that they needed to help them survive. And I think that, mm-hmm. again, reflecting on that meant that when the market did come back and COVID did come back, they phoned us because we stayed yeah. with them throughout yeah. the times, even when they weren't recruiting. Yes, yeah. And, and and I think that was one of those times when there was a fantastic opportunity to just add a huge amount of value and, and draw on all that those skills and experiences that you got that, that often are, are part of the recruitment process. The client maybe doesn't always recognize that, but but you were still able to to add that kind of value. And and it's interesting yeah. actually listening to you because you you have and you did then, you had a big team. And I know from being on loads of those webinars that we were all on almost like daily, just learning from each other, weren't we, that some companies actually made that decision to make people redundant. And it's interesting that the decision that you made and also that decision that you made that you've just shared where you were communicating weekly with people that were on furlough because that that didn't happen in all organisations. And I think there's a lot of... Unfortunately... Yeah, we had to make redundancies. We didn't escape that. And that was down to, we had gone through this massive period of growth and and we just started the next phase of growth. So we'd hired a lot of people um, and we were about to get the investment back um, as COVID hit. So we'd gone for that six-month period where you don't get the return on the investment. And, and, And we were just about to get the return on the investment when COVID hit. And, and the market, so I kept them as long as I could Good. on yeah. furlough, absolutely, yeah. but at the point that we knew furlough was coming and the market didn't return anywhere near as quickly or as we'd have hoped, unfortunately. Yeah. I lost some really dear friends in that. A lot of the guys that mm. I worked with, I would call my friends, and that was probably the hardest thing I've had to do in my career. I do. Yeah. And so 
in terms of things gradually building on the back of that, you're still on this amazing five-year growth plan. You're, as you say, you're two years into that. What do you see then, having come through all those challenges of COVID, what, what might be the next set of challenges as you, because you've got some massive ambitious plans yeah, I never seem to stop. And I never, yeah, and I'm lucky that I've got a team that's supportive of me in that ambition, really. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say that the biggest next challenge we've got is we have ambition to take market share in Leeds. I mean, they're based in Leeds. Our patch for them is West Yorkshire, yeah. which is massive. There's some mm-hmm. Halifax, Bradford, Huddersfield, there are Tadcaster, there are areas that are absolutely untapped in, in, the, in the markets that we're specializing in mm-hmm. over there. But that is yeah. a big challenge. It's a big challenge. We've chosen to do it, t- it this year. In a year mm-hmm. again, when other recruiters are making redundancies, we've hired, we've hired and, and grown that team by three hundred percent. It's we're making the investment. We're going to ride it. They are yeah. really talented. We've managed to attract brilliant consultants. But we now have to open a new brand in a new geographical area where there is solid competition, a really good competition in the market to take some of that market share. So that's definitely going to be a challenge. And I would say really the next challenge is a really exciting one because it's all about tech. Our challenge now is to keep up and to keep ahead of the curve. Uh, I have absolutely not not seen in the last couple of years the amount of change that, that we're all seeing than I have in 20 years of being in recruitment. We have to keep our people up to date. And that's really difficult with some people that don't like change because they're going to have to change their ways, their processes. Luckily for for us, we've got a a team of brilliantly talented consultants that like influencing, like being in front of people, like building relationships. We're trusted partners Mm. with a lot of our clients and people retain and keep repeating their business with us. So so we're going to be lucky that AI and tech won't be able to replace that. But there are some people that are more transactional recruiters and they will struggle when things really do become apparent. I mean, we're already mapping the recruitment cycle from start to finish on what will be automated and what do you need talent in and what talent is that going to be. And I'm really lucky that the talent that I've got will be able to fill those gaps. So that, is, that yeah. is absolutely going to be the next challenge is to make sure we're ahead of the game, make sure yes. I've got enough capacity in-house where people mm. aren't fearing to be able to keep up with the changes in the tech yes. or we're going to have to outsource it. Yeah. And it, I mean, it almost does feel sort of during COVID, the advances in technology in, let's say, in that initial sort of six, nine months, I mean, it, normally, if we'd not had COVID, that probably would have taken about five, six years for us to kind of, it, it was just phenomenal. And it, it doesn't feel like it's slowed down. If anything, it feels like it's the pace is continuing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, I, and I wonder, Absolutely. as you're navigating, because 2023 for many businesses and, and for different sectors, I mean, you're multi-sector, so I imagine potentially some sectors have been influenced more and less by the economic situation that we've been experiencing this last year. So I wonder, as a leader, for you, what has it meant in terms of perhaps skills that you've had to draw on, skills that maybe you've had to brush up, develop, that, that maybe you've not quite so much? I mean, what has it meant for you as a leader? I would say 
as I just previously mentioned, the change mm-hmm. in tech, automation, everything that's happening there, I have to be at the forefront and have to be able to work out where that can add some value and make yeah. the team more efficient. But I, I always believe that communication in times of challenge um, and times of uncertainty, which we're feeling, it's a bit bumpy at the moment. It is a bit yeah. bumpy is the best way yeah. for me to describe what's happening yeah. in the market. Because like you said, I've got one consultant who's just done her best ever and I've got somebody else who's like, I can't get a job on what's happening in yeah. my sector. So it is mm-hmm. totally different. But I think driving the motivation, making sure people feel supported and having and remaining to do the clear vision with a clear purpose and that mm-hmm. people know that their roles actually matter in that yeah. and that they can yeah. see that. We're, we're really making sure we're listening to our people at the moment. We're doing a lot on employee surveys. Right. Um, we do the Gallup 12. We call it the Castle Promise. We do ENPS. We've got a group of people now called The Voice. Uh, we need to be listening to how they're feeling because yeah. this is not an easy industry right now. Last year yeah. was easy. People had a yeah. successful year, best of a year. And we're back to how it was before COVID. It's no different to that. It's no. just remembering that's what it was like. It's, it was all yeah. the time ago. And some of these guys haven't in that market. So reminding them of that. And for me, I love networking. So I'm back out doing that and forcing myself to do that more. Whereas before I might have started being a bit more insular, working on projects that would improve efficiencies or, mm. or quality. I guess in addition to that, being much more outward focused. So I love mm. networking and being part of the community, understanding what's happening in the business world and finding out what else is happening in West Yorkshire as well as North Yorkshire. And I've just agreed to be a director on the Chamber of Commerce. I'm enjoying being in the the groups across Yorkshire to understand what's happening in business what's the pain Mm. how can we um and to just be visible and I think if your guys are seeing that my guys are seeing that's what I'm doing then they're going to follow suit I've also said today I am uh, doing some shadowing I've done some shadowing with some guys to say how confident do you feel to speak to clients new clients let me do some sales shadowing with you I'll do some calls you do Mm. some calls listen to me so I'm right at the forefront everybody's seeing that's on the sales floor I'm not doing it in a room hidden i'm saying let me come yeah. on some visits with you let me build your confidence to be even better at what you're yeah. doing so i would say outward focus and i would also say support supporting you guys and saying i know this is tough but mm-hmm. i'll go and do what i'm asking you to do i'd never ask somebody to do yeah. what i wouldn't be prepared to do myself no and i think what as i listen to you sort of just share that 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 phrase absolutely leading from the front and not expecting somebody to do something that you're not willing to do is yeah. a great thing, isn't it? And I mean, it, you've been a leader for quite a number of years now. What would you say? What's you been your biggest lesson? Or there might even be one or two. Biggest lesson. That's always a tricky one, I think. I think, there's, well, there's definitely plenty of them. And I think... <laughs> As I mentioned when we were logging on, actually, everything that I do, I always learn by my mistakes. I am an analyzer of, yeah, I'm sure that I overanalyze what could we have done differently. So if a fee doesn't right. go through, what could we have done differently? If a candidate doesn't get selected for interview, well, what didn't we ask? What could we have done? And I'm sure that's mm-hmm. a little bit relentless for some of the guys that work for me, to be honest. Right. But I do that for myself. Yeah. I do, if I have yeah. to do a difficult one-to-one, or if I'm doing some coaching and I don't get the right outcome, I'm thinking, what didn't I ask? What could I have, mm-hmm. could I have asked differently? Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly assessing 
the data, the numbers. Um, so I'm probably imagining that I can overanalyze and that could be quite challenging. Uh, but I, I am one that will, I hope my direct team would say this, that if I make a mistake, I hold my hand up straight away and, and mm. reflect and think, right, okay, so how can we do this differently? And there has been a few of them. Yeah. I think I'm also not a finisher. So I'm a creator, an innovator. You've met me a couple of times. It's probably definitely come across. I've got ideas. I see other sectors. I see what they're doing. I think we could do that. We could adapt that. No one else is doing that in recruitment. And I think building a team of finishers around me has taken some time. Right. And, And building a team strong enough to be able to say, we're already on with one idea. Let's just capture that and finish that first, Kerry. And I'm just yes, appointed yes. as a senior marketing manager. And that was one of the criteria in all interviews that I had to ask. You need to be able to say no to me. You need to be able to manage yeah. upwards and absolutely say, it's mm-hmm. a great idea. We'll, we can absolutely do it, but we have to finish this first. Or you yeah. have to tell me what to slow down a little bit really because mm. I do work 150 miles an hour and not everybody else does so when yeah. everybody else doesn't move at the same pace as me doesn't right. adapt to change as quickly as me I think I can I think I can forget that I need to just stop first and think I just need to be mindful of who's not going to react to this news the same as I'm going to react to this news and yes. that, I have to force myself to do that but tell you what we did yeah. do we did a brilliant exercise with Gallup on their strengths model with a management that team and that's really helped it's a lady called sidekick but she right. came in and did the strengths yeah the strengths finder the it's a Gallup tool and mm. uh, it really helped us all appreciate each other's differences in a totally yeah. different way right uh, so now one of the leaders was like I get that I'm different to you but I also get that you need me And so I'm not going to stop trying to be, I'm going to not be somebody else. I'm going to continue being me because this team dynamic needs me and you need my strength. So I think recognizing that, complimenting that, supporting her to be different in her strengths because those are her strengths is, yeah, Yeah. it's been a really good exercise. Yeah. That's your question then or what went on a little bit. Well, no, I think, well, and it's interesting because I think you've got that awareness of the pace that you work at. And, and I think with that creativity, every business, if a business doesn't have innovation, it's, it's just going to mm-hmm. eventually die, isn't it? So innovation is absolutely fundamental. And it's being mindful that as you innovate and create, you've got to bring people with you. And, and people have got different, well, they've, they've all got different personalities. They've all got different strengths and, and communication styles. And so they are going to move through that change cycle at slightly different paces. And, and it's just being mindful that, that you move at a pace where you can keep inspiring them and motivating them to follow and they don't lag too much, isn't it? I guess one of my penultimate question, let's say, because you mentioned right at the beginning when you were talking about your personal story about the fact that you moved back to Scarborough because of the impact on your own work-life balance. So here you are leading this business through some the next level of change, got big ambitious plans, and you do move at a pace, and I know that you do take on a lot. How do you, uh, I guess, foster in the business? I know work-life balance is important to you, but how do you foster it and allow that to people to get that work-life balance because you have got some very passionate committed people 
who probably have got a little bit of your drive as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we offer flexible working and mm. there's a really clear policy. We talk about it a lot. And as, as long as people are getting their job done, they can come and go within certain boundaries. But yeah, and that is the flexible working policy. So and we have created things like duvet days so that if they are really struggling or the uh, children are really poorly and they just can't make it in and it's just feeling a bit too much today, then they mm. can say, I just have looked at my diary and I'm going to try and take a duvet day, please. So we allow for, for those kinds of things. And I think it's making sure that people in our team are using their exercise hours and are going out for walks. And, and um, we try and change when it gets dark. We're really aware that the only daylight people get is when they're in the office. So yeah. we're saying we absolutely will encourage you to get out in the day and get fresh air and get daylight because right. otherwise you're in an air-conditioned office with artificial lighting. So mm. we're really aware of things like that. And for me, I I don't really have a hobby. So I don't feel like work, well, for me, work is a hobby and I have no problem yeah. with that. But I don't have the expectation that other people also feel like that. I'm really yeah. lucky that every day I come to work, absolutely love my job. I absolutely love the fact that we are growing uh, uh, our candidates' careers. Uh, we're growing out Yorkshire. We're building businesses for them. I'm growing our employees here and their careers, their salaries, their earnings. And I love that every single day. Um, and mm. so I'm aware that not everyone else does feel like that all the time. I'm, I just know how lucky I am. Very grateful. I'm very grateful, yeah. to be honest. But I do, I don't insist. And it's certainly, I have had to alter my expectations. And I think COVID definitely changed everybody's expectations on this getting this work-life balance yeah. right. I think everybody became yes. much more aware of getting that balance significantly and we've re yeah. really worked hard to make sure we feel like we do that well yeah and and I think just what you sharing your own experience there I always remember many years ago in in my corporate days a sales director sort of saying uh, work-life balance is a personal thing because there'd been loads of feedback from the management group about the excessive demands uh, when they'd spend a nine-hour day out in the field and then expectations of a couple of hours on email at night. And, and I remember him saying, nobody's actually, there's been no communication to say that you have to sit at a laptop at nine o'clock at night and respond to emails. If you're choosing to do that, that's got to be a personal choice. And, and, and there are people, and like you, I don't see what I do as a job. It's there's very blurred lines between in in my life and how I do things, and I, that's I guess that's what you're saying. And it's recognising that's not the same for everybody. We are business owners, and yet we have got employees that actually share a huge amount of passion that that we do, and 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 also have quite blurred lines. But it's got to be individual choice within the boundaries that you set within the business, hasn't it? Yeah. I, I think that's Absolutely. the thing. And so, look, hey, I, I could keep asking you loads of questions and keep chatting. And I know that you could probably chat as well. And we've probably got busy rest of the days. But how can people find out more about Castle? So there's our website. We've just recently recreated that this year, which is exciting. It's got all the information about us if to join us, but also about there's a great candidate area, client area. So the website, there's also we're also on all socials. So there's we have an Instagram, LinkedIn, and a Facebook page and a Twitter page. Soon to be more TikTok. Um, right. Oh so, yeah, but yeah. 
Yeah, excellent. Yeah, that's that's something that's on the horizon. But yeah, so the website is definitely the best place to catch us. And that will be sort of castle hyphen recruitment. Castle hyphen employment. Castle hyphen employment. Yeah, it's employment. We're employment because, of course, we've been established over 55 years when I don't think the word recruitment in terms of an agency was something. It was an employment agency then. So, yeah, uh, Yeah. it's uh, castle hyphen employment.co.uk. Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much again for your time and for sharing some real gems and to be so passionate about what you do as well. It's it's really infectious. And I know that will have inspired a lot of people listening who have got ambitions to grow oh, you know, and, and scale their business as well, because we know the market will change. We are in an industry where there's it, it flips, doesn't it? And it's turbulent for some people at the minute, bumpy, as you say, but it will flip and change. And, and that, that growth will really kickstart again for people. So lots they can learn. So thank you and look forward to seeing you soon. You're welcome. It's been lovely to see you. You're welcome. If you enjoy this podcast and this year you are ready to take your marketing to the next level, then check out Superfast Circle. This is a unique marketing program designed specifically for recruiters and their marketeers. You get access to two virtual marketing directors. You get consultancy. You get your hand held through the whole process, training, consulting, and we provide content resources. So go over to superfastrecruitment.co.uk forward slash join and check out what's available.